affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our reading is from Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 to 19. 
I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks be to God.
in a three-week sermon series about Mr. Rogers, the spiritual truths of Mr. Rogers, because several people didn't know last week that he was an ordained Presbyterian pastor and chose to use his, his call to ministry to speak to people in a way that transformed lives. He never talked about Jesus on his shows, but he definitely displayed the love of Christ in the ways that he interacted with others. And for that, I give thanks. It was 1992 when he was invited to Boston University to say the opening prayers at, uh, at graduation. In addition, he was re receiving his 25th honorary doctoral degree out of 40. At that time, and they invited him to come be present. And the graduates and all of their closest family and friends were there. And as he was being introduced to come up to the podium, the, the I'm going to call them a congregation, the graduation group were so excited that Mr. Rogers was there that they let out a raucous roar that seemed like it would not die down. And everyone sitting there going, How are we going to pray? with this attitude and atmosphere going on. And so Mr. Rogers slowly and calmly walks up to the podium and says, hello, my friends, shall we sing? And if I don't have the words in front of me, I'm gonna get it wrong. And anyone's welcome to join me if they want to. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I have always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? And that song brought the group together, united them as the start of prayer. And in that prayer, Fred Rogers lifted up the following things. He started with the request to inspire our hearts to come ever closer to God. It's kind of what our scripture talked about this morning, isn't it? To have knowledge and wisdom so our hearts would awaken to what God had to say to us. And then he prayed for the people in the graduates' lives, the family, the friends, and the teachers, those people who knew the graduates and accepted them for who they were. And then he moved from the, the particular to the general, lifting up prayers for everyone in the world, those the brothers and sisters whose names we may not know, but whose lives ultimately were precious in God's sight. And then after praying for others, he turned his prayer to himself and the graduates, and he said this. And finally, we offer our strengths and our weaknesses, our joys and our sorrows to your never-ending care. Help us to remember all through our lives that we never need to do, a, do difficult things alone, that your presence is simply for the asking, and our ultimate future is assured by your unselfish love in our deepest gratitude, we offer this prayer. And he said, amen. In his prayer life, he talked about a variety of things. He worked to make sure that he addressed the realities of what was going on around him and how we might grow. He, the song brought about the prayer and invited a lesson of wisdom. 
Last week I shared the fact that Mr. Rogers was very, had a very structured schedule for his TV show. There was an opening that gathered everyone in and made them feel welcome. And there was an ending that was a sort of benediction that sent people on their way. I've discovered that that benediction has evolved over over a couple of years. And I don't know when the ending changed a little bit, but I have, have, one ending in my head, and there was a different ending that they put on the the documentary movie that came out last summer. Um, and it could be that my kids are of an age that they watch Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, or they used to watch Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which for those of you who don't know what that is, that is a cartoon of Daniel Tiger from the land of make-believe that continues to purport and support the values that Mr. Rogers taught. And And so Daniel Tiger, just like Mr. Rogers, had a ritual at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show. And the song, I always doubt whether or not I'm gonna sing this right, but the the ending song goes like this. It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling. You're growing inside. And when you wake up ready to say, I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good, feeling, a very good feeling, the feeling you know that I'll be back. See, I knew I was going to mess it up. That I'll be back when the day is new and I'll have more ideas for you and you'll have things you'll want to talk about and I will too. Thank you for putting up with my singing voice. I want to talk about those last few lines, those lines where it says, I'll have more ideas for you, and you'll have things you'll want to talk about, and I will too. I don't know if you know this, but Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood actually went on a hiatus for five years, and they were basically playing reruns during that time period. And the reason that they went on hiatus, as he showed in one of his his episodes before he took the break was that he had accumulated hundreds of episodes to air on a regular basis. And he figured that with all the episodes that were compiled and there for them, that that he was good. He didn't have anything more to say, but maybe God was calling him to something else. He felt like he was calling to ministry in the television for adults. And he started a new TV show. I think it was called New Friends, Old Friends. And he spent time interviewing people doing something similar to what he did on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. This show only lasted about 20 episodes. It wasn't necessarily where, or it wasn't meeting the need that Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood would. And he he was prayerfully considering what he was supposed to do next. And then he heard a news report. A news report of a little child who was Enamored with superheroes. My son is enamored with superheroes, so this, this touches close to home to me. Um, and he put on his cape and he said, I am a superhero. And he took a giant leap out of a place that he shouldn't have. And you can imagine the rest. And Mr. Rogers said, you know, I said I had said everything that I needed to say, but I realized that I did not talk at all about superheroes, about make-believe, and how you can have respect for something but recognize what your limitations are. So he immediately went back to work and started up Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood again because he realized that he had more to say, he had more to talk about, and that there was something 
that the voices of the children were saying that they needed. And for that, we give thanks. In his first year of production, when it was still black and white and everything, he made 180 episodes in that first year. After that, he reduced it to about 65 episodes for a long while. And then towards the end of his career, the last few years, he was filming about 15 episodes. In doing all of this, he made over 895 episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because he had so much to talk about and so many lessons to impart to the children. Now, I'm talking about Mr. Rogers and I'm talking about children, but I'm talking about all of us. Please recognize that. God has more to say to us. God has more that he wants to be in conversation with us about. And God's not done with us yet. Every time that we accomplish something and we feel like we are done, it's not. From the big things to the small things. Woohoo, you emptied the dishwasher, honey. I'm so proud of you. But guess what? We're going to make more dirty dishes. To you've cleaned out the garage. That is a monumental success. Now, if you could keep the garage clean, that's the bigger challenge. <laughs> but then you have accomplishments like graduating, like we talked about, or retirement, and you go, I'm done. I can't tell you how many retirees tell me that after they've retired, they're actually more busy than they were when they were working because of the fact that there's more for us to do. There's more for us to say. God is working in our lives in new and profound ways, offering us new bits of wisdom and revelation so that we might go further, so that we might take the next step in faith and grow into who we're supposed to be. Mr. Rogers said, and I have to go back to my notes again, um, that the most important learning and let me clarify. This is in the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor. A friend of his was talking about lessons that she learned from Fred Rogers. And she said, the most important learning is the ability to accept and expect mistakes and to deal with the, disappointment that they, the disappointments that they bring. I think that that's a really important lesson. Somehow we come into the world and we're taught somewhere along the way that we're supposed to put up the facade, that everything's all right, that everything's okay, and that we are infallible. But the truth is, is that we are fallible. We make mistakes and mistakes are okay. We just need to learn from them. We need to grow from them. And sometimes those mistakes help us grow into who we're supposed to be more so than if we get everything right. Those mistakes challenge us. I'm in a period of time where we're making lots of mistakes in our worlds. For those of you who don't know, I have five-year-old twins. So we are in this process of figuring out how to negotiate with each other, how to live with each other, how to talk with each other in such a way that we offer respect and kindness instead of anger and frustration, and how to deal with our anger appropriately. One of the things that Mr. Rogers talked about is that it, it is modulation. He had a degree in music and he talked about the fact that some key changes are easy and some key changes are more difficult. And in our lives, we have periods of time that are more difficult. And his job was to help children and really all of us figure out how to deal with those difficult key changes in a way that was healthy and fruitful and beneficial. So he talked about playing his piano and when you were, were happy, you had a little lilt in the piano. And when you were angry, it was more of the pound, 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 pound. 
but it's a good way to deal with your anger in a way that doesn't harm anyone else and allows you to feel your emotions. Mr. Rogers was big on allowing people to feel their emotions to the point that he went beyond the it's okay to be, make a mistake to recognize that sometimes people wonder if they're a mistake. And in one of his episodes, he had Daniel Tiger talking to a friend and he said, Daniel Tiger said to his friend in the land of make-believe, sometimes I wonder if I'm a mistake, which is a hard thing to admit and to hear to know that some people think that they might be a mistake for the ways in which they are not what is expected, for the ways that don't fit the narrative of what we're supposed to be, how he was not wild, how he was not loud, how he was emotional. He said, I think I'm a mistake. And he started singing a song about it. And his friend, instead of pointing, instead of immediately going after him for the ways that he was misthinking about himself, she started to sing with him. And she sang a duet in which she lifted up all of the beauty and the values and the things that she appreciated about him and the ways in which he was her friend. Sometimes when we're singing that solo of wondering who we are and if we're okay and if God made us the way that we're supposed to be, we have lots of doubts and that solo just keeps singing in our head and telling us lies and untruths. And hopefully we have someone like that friend that comes along to sing a duet so that we start hearing the truth of the matter instead of the lies that we're telling ourselves. And I hope in all reality that it's not just a duet, but it becomes a chorus of people praising and honoring and supporting those that doubt themselves, letting them know their value and their worth and what makes them so special. It is a true gift when we can come alongside and quiet the doubt with our duet or our chorus until those individuals hear the truth. Mr. Rogers is quoted to have said, the more you learn, the better feeling you have about yourself and the world we live in. It's true. The more time that we take learning about who we are, who God has called us to be, and listening for that wisdom and knowledge, we have a fullness of life that we would not have had otherwise. C.S. Lewis talked at one point and has this quote that says, when we, or when they are wholly his or God's, they can be more themselves than ever. And uh, the author of Mr., or The Simple Faith of Mr. Rogers, her name's Amy Hollinsworth, says, surrendering our lives is not the same as relinquishing our God-given personalities. When we are in Christ, we will be more ourselves than ever, encouraging others to be themselves, their honest selves. And this was a hallmark of Fred Rogers' ministry here on earth. I embrace the day that we can celebrate our whole self and recognize that who we are and whose we are is perfect where we are. That we're not supposed to give up ourselves to live in Christ, but we're supposed to embrace the fullness of ourselves and let that shine God and Jesus through us. After the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, came out uh, uh, this last year, the Harvard Graduate School of Education showed the movie and had a discussion with a panel of professors. And they said, 
um, in this movie that Fred Rogers often said that he strived to understand the deepest needs of children and then he strived to meet them. This was said by Professor June Lee, June Lay Lee. And he said, there's a difference, I think, between finding out what another human needs and trying to satisfy what they want. Children and grown-ups alike may crave fast-paced action, but we all need slowness to listen, look carefully, and learn. Lee said that he had found a scrap of paper from Mr. Rogers that was written, I believe in the power of smaller, of smaller things. And he went on to say, I think sometimes the world has a way of making us think that we're in, when, if we're in the helping profession, that if we're helping children, we need to do something big, spectacular, transformative, and that's the only way that counts. But in fact, children learn volumes from the smallest interactions, how we greet them, how we address them, especially when they are sad. I think sometimes in our faith life, we say that, I can't do that. I'm not the person that God has put a passion or a truth to. But the reality is, is that God is speaking to all of us, whether we're a young child or whether we are grown up and have grandchildren and great-grandchildren. God is still speaking to us. God is still calling us to move forward and to do something more. And it doesn't have to be big, but it has to be from the heart. It has to be done in such a way that people know that they are loved and respected. I'm so excited that at the, eight, bleh, the nine o'clock service, we gave out Bibles to our second graders. We gave out five Bibles this year to kids that are at their reading level. They're not too difficult for them. They're at the pace that they can read and understand what's going on so that they can engage in their faith in real and substantive ways. And that was our way of saying, we value you. We value your learning. We want to encourage you on this path. And then Avery, I know that you can't hear me or see me right now, but baptizing you today is a great joy too because it, 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 it's a big thing and it's a significant thing. And sometimes we say the words and we don't think about the commitment that we make. But the truth is, is that we have agreed to help raise Avery as a, per, as a person who walks in faith. It was a so, small sentence that we made, but it makes a big difference. And I hope that Ashley and Holly know how much we love and support them and that we'll walk with them on this journey because it does take a lot of people to help us as we walk our faith. I hope that Avery grows in wisdom and knowledge. I hope that our second graders grow in wisdom and knowledge. And I hope that all of us grow in our wisdom and knowledge so that as we come together, we remember that God has more to say to us and that we are invited into conversation so that we talk together as to who we are supposed to grow to be as disciples of Christ. Amen? Amen.